We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now let's go over to 1 John 3rd chapter. I think I quoted this a little bit ago, but it'd be good that we read it. Now we're talking about water and the Word of God, where you can understand it. 1 John 3rd chapter, verse 20 says, For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments, and do those things which are pleasing in His sight. Now see, if you ask something that you know is amiss, that is wrong, then your heart would condemn you. And then again, if you ask for something that you don't know the will of God concerning in that matter, then you couldn't be praying in faith because the only place you could get faith for that is from the word of promise itself. The seed is in itself. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is it we hope for? I don't know about you, but I hope for the things that God has given me. In Second Peter chapter 1, he says, God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now come over to 1 John, the fifth chapter, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice he said that ye may know that you have eternal life. You know, you're always meeting some people who say, well, you just never know whether you're saved or not. Well, John said you would. If you don't know, you're not. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, we'll let that hang there a little bit. Now, remember what Jesus said, all things... Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Now, the only way you can believe it is find the word for it. See, we're talking about Bible faith, God answering the prayer of faith. See, prayer of petition. That's when you petition God for something. Now, there's other kinds of praying. See, if I were to pray for some ministry and say, Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I call down the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness and deceptive spirits that have hindered that individual, and I break the power of satanic oppression over him, and I bind oppression and command it to go in the name of Jesus, and I pull down the principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness over that ministry in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can pray that every day, 20 times a day. Why? Because I have not asked God to do anything. I'm exercising the authority of the name of Jesus to break the power of the darkness by demanding in the name of Jesus. You can pray that over and over and over and over. I haven't asked God to do one thing. I don't have to ask God to do one thing. He gave me authority to use his name. But when you come to God with a petition, you don't have to ask him but once. If it's in faith, then you just start thanking him for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. My need is met. I know that you heard me because I do those things which are pleasing in your sight and my conscience doesn't condemn me. And thank God I know what you said in your word, that you've already said yes to it before you ask it. Oh, it's such a joy to come before you knowing that you hear me and that you'll do what I've asked you to do. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Glory. Now notice what he said here. Verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now see, you'd have to know his will before you'd have faith. That's the only reason he would hear you if you prayed it in faith. If you pray according to his will. Well, if you're saying, Lord, if it be thy will, heal brother so-and-so. Well, that prayer didn't get out of your mouth. As far as God's concerned, it never happened. Because you don't know what the will of God is. Now there is a prayer of dedication. You could say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And submit unto the direction of God. See, Jesus prayed that prayer twice or three times in the garden. That's a different story altogether. But you see, when it comes to a petition that God has revealed in his word what his will is in this matter. Then he says, if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. I mean, it's settled. If he know he heard you. But I just don't know whether God heard me or not. He didn't. Because you wasn't in faith. Now, I've got a book called how to have faith in your faith. Now, that may sound like a strange title, but have you ever noticed how that people always have great faith in Oral Roberts' faith? Or Kenneth Hagin's faith? Or some great evangelist's faith? And that's not altogether bad. But you see, the bad part is that they don't have any faith in their faith. I mean, they have the same word that they do. You have the same Bible that Oral Roberts does. God didn't squirt him with a faith gun. I mean, he got it from the Word of God. The reason he can pray in faith, he knows what God said and what God will do. And the problem is you hadn't dug around in there to find out what God said about what you won't pray about. And when you find out what God said about it and what God's will is, then you can pray just as much faith as Oral Roberts can. Hallelujah. If you know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know. We know we have the petition that we desired of him. Now, why would you stay up all night if you know you had the petition you asked of? I mean, if you're going to pray, why worry? And if you're going to worry, why pray? I mean, you use a little common sense. <laughs> Glory be to God. Go to John's Gospel right quick. John's Gospel, the ninth chapter. Jesus was passing by one day, and they saw a man that was born blind. And the disciples said to him, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, isn't that a strange question? I mean, how did this man sin before he was born? See, John, the ninth chapter. Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? But now see, the Jews believed that a man could sin even in his mother's womb. That's the reason they said it that way. But now listen to what Jesus said. Now remember, there's three answers Jesus can say. He says the man sinned. He can say it's the parents sin, Or he can say neither. Now watch what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. That's his answer to the question. Neither one of these is right. It wasn't the man's sin. It wasn't the parents' sin. Now, let me show you why you can't take this literally. See, somebody said, yeah, but look what Jesus said. Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. 
That's the reason he was born blind, so God could heal him and get glory out of his healing. If I even thought that God was that kind of God, I wouldn't want nothing to do with him. God's not schizophrenic. Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. You can't take that literally. If you do, you make Jesus a liar because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He said it wasn't the man's sin nor the parents' sin that caused him to be born blind. He didn't tell you why the man was born blind, but he said that the works of God must be manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. In other words, indicating that this is the work of the devil. Because he said, I'm going to have to work the works of God in him. So, he spit on the ground, and he made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the man's eye, and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. Now notice, Jesus said, I'm going to work the works of God. See, there's people accused God of causing this man to be born blind so he could get healed. Jesus said, I'm going to work the works of God. When Jesus worked the works of God, the man could see. You know it wasn't God that made him blind. Because this is the works of God. The blindness was the work of the devil. The Bible says, the God of this world blinds the minds. And he'll blind eyes. And he'll cripple people. And of course, sin entered into the earth. And that's where Satan got his start. And that's where sickness got his start. You know, if we just learn to find the dividing line of the Bible, it'll just straighten out a lot of thinking. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come, Jesus said, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the dividing line of the Bible. If you have any question about where sickness, disease, and all of the wars and things come from, it comes from there. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Somebody said, well, God allowed it. Yeah, he has to allow anything you'll allow. See, it makes a difference when you can see what the Bible's really saying. Oh, I've heard some of these things so squirreled up, you wouldn't recognize it. But if you understand it, Satan can't steal it from you. Now, be careful that you don't take the word out of context. You know, you can take things out of context, prove anything in the world from the Bible. The Bible says that Judas went out and hanged himself. Jesus said in another place, go thou and do likewise. And a lot of people have hung themselves spiritually by taking things out of context, you see. No, you've got to keep it with the intent of what the writer said. And then it'll water your desert. And like I said, you can have the word in you, you can know what the word said, you can know about the word, but if you don't have a good understanding of it, Satan will steal it from you. It'll be unproductive. So you just got to get in there and dig out the thorns, gather up the rocks, throw them out of the garden, preconceived ideas that sap the moisture from the word, the seed, then it'll produce for you. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. I'm glad you joined us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, this is the last day for book offer number 7507. It's called How to Avoid Tragedy and Live a Better Life. Would you like to live a better life? I'm sure you would. It's a 109-page paperback for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. Now, in this book, we give you insight into how to escape many of the things that come your way. 
we know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That's what Jesus said in Matthew. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, he bringeth forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, he bringeth forth evil things. Now, that's just how simple it is. And then Proverbs 18, verse 7 says, A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. In other words, you better keep God's word in your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What's abundantly in your heart is going to get in your mouth. In James chapter 3, verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now, come down to verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Well, now, he's talking about the uncontrolled tongue. It's set on fire of hell, because you set things in motion that will destroy your life. It's a matter of you choosing your words carefully. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, he bringeth forth good things. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from a Father of lights. So keep the Word of God in your mouth. It'll help you to do the right thing. Book offer number 7507 is called How to Avoid Tragedy and Live a Better Life. It's a 109-page paperback for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until Monday, this Charles Caps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.